Before we start today's show, I want to invite you to join my community of SaaS founders, agency owners, and others who are sharing tips, tricks, strategies, and tactics for creating successful cold outreach campaigns. It's a free group on Facebook called Cold Outreach Mastery, and you can get there by heading over to morgandwilliams.com slash community. And if Facebook isn't your thing, but you still want valuable cold outreach advice, head on over to morgandwilliams.com slash newsletter and put in your best email to get first in line for valuable resources that I share on how you can fill your calendar with sales meetings and your pipeline with opportunities. Now, let's start today's show. My guest in today's episode is using a reverse sales funnel strategy to significantly improve his outbound prospecting results. We'll discuss an initial campaign he ran using multiple channels, including postal mail that got huge results, as well as a win-back campaign that he ran to bring back customers after COVID-19 first uh, came on the scene in mid-March. We'll even get to listen in on a follow-up phone call to one of his prospects. You'll want to stay tuned to the very end of this one. What if you knew exactly how to use cold email, LinkedIn, the phone, and other sales channels to get new meetings and customers for your B2B product or service? Morgan Williams is an enterprise sales rep that's obsessed with cold outreach. If you're sick and tired of fluff, theory, and general advice on how to sell to cold prospects from people who haven't sold anything in the past 20 years and instead want detailed, tactical, step-by-step instruction, this is the podcast for you. Each week, he'll interview salespeople, consultants, and entrepreneurs about actual outbound sales campaigns they've run with real numbers and results. Each conversation will be a deep dive into deconstructing a specific campaign's results, as well as the strategy behind it. You'll get the opportunity to peek behind the curtain and see what's actually working now in cold outreach. Welcome to Outbound Metrics. Patrick Spielman is the founder of Uptics. Uptics helps you win customers faster, effortlessly launch outbound sales campaigns, pack your deal pipeline and drive top line revenue with sales automation. Patrick, happy to have you on. Are you ready to dive in? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Morgan. Appreciate it. Awesome. So how does Uptix help people get results? At the end of the day, it's just about automating your sales process as much as possible with software and you know, leveraging technology, automation, AI to nurture leads and reach out to cold prospects and book appointments and and drive revenue. We're really into kind of, I guess, uh, educating our customers, our prospects and stuff well, as well with our university and some of our copywriting tools that we've built within our software. So, but at the end of the day, it's about just automating the boring, meaningless tasks Mm -hmm. and focusing on relationships and, and closing deals. So. Awesome. What would you say makes Uptics different or unique compared to your competitors? Yeah, I, I think our focus really is outbound. Okay. Um, and I came from you know a smaller business world where we didn't have a lot of inbound leads. A lot of bigger companies have inbound leads, and so my focus is really on the outbound side of things and taking and I guess leveraging the few leads that you do have and putting systems in place to maximize you know, sales with those few opportunities that you might have. Awesome. How is your software? So it's, I assume you have this in different tiers. How is it priced? Yeah. So actually we've got a, a pretty free tier. Okay. Um, so 
you know, we are light, lightweight CRM. And so like the whole CRM functionality of our platform is completely free. You can send emails, um, schedule tasks. You can have a couple sequences active, unlimited contacts, unlimited users. Nice. You get data on clicks, open rates, uh, reply rates, you know, sort of uh, the top of the funnel activity you can manage mm -hmm. all your deals and all that. So that's a kind of our free plan. We just added a new plan. We've got a $37 plan. It adds uh, some more functionality with calling, with SMS, and um, with uh, doing sort of some bulk bulk sending and whatnot with email. And and then our biggest plan right now, which will definitely change, is, is full access to our system. You got power dialing, call recording, unlimited sequences, you know, the whole nine. You can do bulk SMS, bulk email, and you can automate all of that with uh, smart lists and you know, auto enrollments and the whole nine. So it's, awesome. uh, it's as hands off as you can possibly get it right now. Awesome. And who is your ideal customer? Right now it's, we're really focused on SMB. So smaller sales teams that are utilizing multiple channels to nurture leads, um, drive new leads through cold outreach and then agencies. So I actually used to own a sales agency and the reason actually why I built Upticks was I was having a just a problem managing all the different tools that we were using to do LinkedIn, do email, to do calling. We were doing video prospecting. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to tie all these platforms together and it just, you know, it was really hard to... Nightmare. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. a nightmare. So sales agencies are, would definitely be one of those avenues. Anyone doing outbound prospecting. Awesome. You and I were chatting before this call about how you run what's called what you call a reverse sales funnel. And I'd like to touch on that first before we go into the campaigns to just yep. give some context towards to how you set all of your campaigns up. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. I guess I don't know if I'm the first one to ever invent this concept or anything, uh, but I thought it was pretty interesting, especially as a smaller business as again, as I mentioned earlier, being able to leverage and maximize the few amount of opportunities that smaller businesses have and having to rely on outbound, um, I do what's called the reverse sales funnel. And that's where I actually focus on existing customers first. With any of my outreach, I focus on nurturing and maximizing that relationship with an existing customer by putting them into a specific sales cadence of Initially, early on, it's going to be more onboarding type stuff, new customer stuff, but eventually we're going to start spacing the nurturing out to just touch base with them say, hey, how's everything going? Is there anything we can improve? You know, the, just really trying to build a relationship and it's a longer term play, but your current customers are your biggest advocates, your, the sure. biggest mouthpiece. And when they're talking to other people, like they're the ones that can really sell your product the best, even better than you. And so that's the first campaign that I launch. And this one might sound weird. So the next one, there's six of these campaigns within this reverse sales funnel. The second one is actually former customers. So everyone's going to lose a customer at some point. Sure. But I mean, in terms of kind of this reverse sales funnel philosophy, who do you have the best relationship with besides your existing customers? You know, it's probably your former customers. And hopefully you still maintain a good relationship with them. And, and sometimes people want to try new products, try new services, and they end up coming back. So this one is pretty similar to the existing customer campaign, but you're just staying in front of your 
former customers by, again, it's just, it's simple nurturing. You can set it up and kind of forget about it. You can do SMS, you can do email, you can build in, you know, a couple phone calls a year, space these things out, you know, 90 days, even 120 days, but just stay in front of them. So that mm-hmm. next time they have a problem with whatever you solve, you're top of mind and, you know, they didn't just forget about you. Sure. So you, you have these people in a track on a track, like in upticks or a campaign that's like former customer campaign. Yep. Do yep. you contextualize that based on the customer or is it pretty standard follow-up you're doing? It's actually pretty standard. We can, you know, insert like tokens and stuff like that from their profile with an uptick. So if, if we want to customize it specifically to them, of course, you can do the kind of the normal stuff, insert first name. But if you want to reference any other information, you know, if it's a particular product they bought from you or how long your relationship was with them or whatever it might be, you can customize it as much as you want. But it's pretty plug and play in terms of what I do. It's pretty much the same for everyone, but we're really focused on making it sound like you just grabbed your keyboard and you typed up an email and sent it to them or an SMS and just shot them a text. Mm. So we want it to sound like very, very one-on-one when we actually launch it. It needs to just sound natural. Like, Hey Morgan, just, you know, touching base with you. How's everything going for you lately? Like super simple, like just see how they're doing. Sure. There's some other kind of indoctrinating and doing all this other kind of marketing Mm -hmm. tactics in there. But since they're already really familiar with you, you can just be really friendly about it and just sound like you're met them, you know, you saw them in person somewhere, you know, out at a restaurant or bar or out in public. Sure. We have existing customers, former customers, who's next on that list or what other kind of groups do you have there? I actually have two names for it. I call it the maybe campaign. I like to kind of joke about it about, I call it the friend zone campaign as well. So people that have like told you maybe like you had a sales meeting with them and you didn't close them right away. I like to say that they might be putting you in the friend zone mm-hmm. uh, because they're sure. not quite ready to do business with you, sure. but they're too nice to tell you no. Oh yeah. So yes. this one's a nurture campaign and there's a couple different things we do here because it's not as warm. You know, you're just building a relationship. So early on, in the sequence of focus on trying to get them to make an action, take an mm-hmm. action so you don't get caught in what I like to refer to as follow-up land. I hate and, that with a passion. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I hate it so much. <laughs> it, I mean, it can be a huge time suck because it it's like one of the most manual parts of the process. It's sure. It's harder to replicate from case to case because you just had a conversation with them and you might've had to get back to them with something specific. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, instead of getting stuck in that, that friend zone, like get them to make a decision. So make certain businesses are different, but maybe you can put a shot clock on, on a particular offer an incentive mm-hmm. of some sort, you know, give them any sort of price action discount of whatever nature, you know, might suit your business. But from there, it's similar to the other couple of campaigns after you go through a little cooling off period, then it's going to just be about staying in front of them every month, two months, every three months, just staying in front of them, let them know that you're still there. You don't need to be a pushy salesperson. You know, you can, you can add value, like maybe helpful tips, tricks of the trade, you know, the occasional just, Hey, what's up? How's it going? You know, stuff like that. Super mm-hmm. simple. Cool. Maybe's. And then after that, who do we have there? Not interested. So 
right below that would be a little bit colder, right? Where somebody actually told you no. Right. And sometimes in, you know, in sales, when someone tells you no, right, you can get a little bit scared to follow up with that person because you got rejected, right? But if you are using just like a nurturing campaign and you're doing mostly like, you know, email or SMS or, you know, the occasional phone call, it's not that scary. Like you're just, again, you're touching base with them and you're staying in front of them. You're adding some value. It's really actually very similar to the maybe campaign. You're just tweaking your messaging just a little bit early on. And you might allude to the fact like, Hey, you know, I know the timing wasn't right a couple of months ago, but sometimes life's about timing and, you know, I just want to touch base, see how everything's going and then get into some of the problems that you might be able to help them solve, remind them of the things that you help with and the benefits and, and all that kind of stuff. So, sure. Sure. Okay. Awesome. And then after that, we have cold. There's one more right before that. Okay. It's a referral campaign. Right. And I don't necessarily mean like going and asking your friends for referrals, but like finding a list of partners, people that you have synergy with that you can pass business back and forth with. And as opposed to like having to go to a networking group or people aren't really doing those right now anyway with COVID, but basically you're gathering a list of people that you can pass business back and forth and you're putting them into a dedicated campaign, grab a coffee, hop on a zoom, you know, grab Mm. lunch, whatever it might be. And those are actually pretty easy ones to do because if you can help each other, like you're almost always going to get a meeting, not always, but, and that one takes a little bit more time and patience and and you got to be willing to add value before you take value with the referral. You might have to give somebody some business before they give it back but it can be an incredible way to really bring in a lot of opportunities. And those are usually pretty easy to close referrals. So that's just like a long term. You're looking to do that to set up possibilities for the future. Yep. Exactly. Cool. Cool. So then we got cold. Yeah. The last one, last one's cold. Cold's great. Like with my agency, we did all cold outbound prospecting at the time. And the philosophy with, this reverse sales funnel is doing the ones with the least friction first, and then you launch the cold. So after you've launched those first five campaigns, then we get into cold. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously cold can be some of the hardest things to, you know, convert email. You get issues with spam, not having the right copy, like just a whole host of things, especially if you've never done it before. Like people are typically tempted to go, get the biggest list they possibly can and then Mm -hmm. try to cold email everyone as fast as they can. And it's really about trying to leverage data to your advantage and really focusing on a smaller subset of particular contacts and, uh, you know, just trying to get in front of them that way, but smaller list, highly targeted, more higher, like higher touch rate, more personalized. So using video, using embedded images, but lower volume, cleaning, scrubbing your list really, really good. You know, do your kind of normal cold outreach, obviously message, copy, got a few different methods, but the cold one's the last one is what I'd focus on. So, Awesome. The example we're looking at today, the case study campaign you ran for your bar and restaurant company. Let's uh, hear about the industry of that one first. Actually, my first business in the whole world of entrepreneurship is a part of a franchise organization, Sculpture Hospitality. We service bar and restaurants. We do inventory controls. We had right before COVID launched a 
what was shaping up to be probably the best campaign that I had ever launched in that business. And it's really, really hard selling to bar and restaurant owners, but we did something a little unique. We well, actually, before that, I just want a few more background questions on the business for people who aren't familiar with this industry. What problem does your B2B inventory controls for bar and restaurants, what problem are you solving for those bars and restaurants? Yeah, really just control around their product usage and gotcha. uh, maximizing every dollar they possibly can. So, you know, to sum it up, for instance, like we go in and perform a really, really detailed inventory of their establishment and we're actually comparing usage to what they're selling and we can dictate, I mean, if they're short one ounce of Grey Goose or any sort of liquor, like we'll know. And then we aggregate the data and we help them reduce their cost of goods sold and increase their revenues by just being more efficient, helping them increase retail pricing. The bar and restaurant industry, like average margins are like 4%. Wow. So every little percentage really, really adds up. So we help them prove profitability and cash flow for restaurant and bars. It's like the bar rescue where yeah. they're weighing the bottles, something like that. Um, that was actually our company. So, <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. But yeah, it's just your people are pouring out money, right? Giving away free yep. drinks, drinking on the job, right? Yep. Or whatever. So you're, you're showing them how much they're actually um, spending on that, how much that's costing them. Yeah, absolutely. And then working with them to decrease those and improve profitability. So that's our niche there with that product. Is there a particular type of bar and restaurant that you sell to? Or is it really just... I mean, it's, it's most of them. Of them. Gotcha. Yeah, it, I service the Minneapolis-St. Paul. I own the Minnesota market. My staff services pretty much all the Minneapolis-St. Paul metro, but our clients range anywhere from national chains all the way down to just single location barn restaurants. A lot of our clients happen to be like multi-unit, like they own multiple restaurant and bars in, mm -hmm. in the area. Those are definitely, you know, kind of a strong subset of our client base, but we have everything from tiny little hole in the wall all the way up to national chains. So gotcha. And last background question here, as far as how much the solution costs bars and restaurants, what does that look like? So when we kind of talk about deal sizes later on and results yeah. in context. Yeah. The way we price it in our market, it's usually anywhere from about 5,000 all the way up to 20, $25,000 a year. Gotcha. We've got a little bit of a range. Our, our average is about 15,000 per year uh, per customer in gotcha. terms of revenue for our service. Awesome. Back to the campaign you're speaking about previously. So this yeah. is something very unique that you started, very unique campaign. I'd love to hear some background on that. Yeah. So uh, a few of us uh, master franchisees, I guess is, is how they call them, our regional directors, we got together and we're always trying to brainstorm different unique ways to get in front of restaurant and bar owners because they're literally getting sold to by everyone, you know, right. You got the linen guy, you got the oil replacement and grease, the grease guy, the sure. uh, cable guy, everything. So <laughs> we ended up coming up with uh, doing these video brochures. And so basically, and actually I think I have one right here. Here, let me uh, just for the audience. So it's literally this little thing. You open it up mm -hmm. and it starts playing a, a video. Okay. That's oh. cool. For the podcast audience, it looks like a, a little pamphlet, but when you open it up, it has a pamphlet with images on it. But when you open it up, it has a little screen in there with the video. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's cool. kind of a neat thing. And so I had my agency at the time 
when we actually recorded it last year. So I did the video, I did the script, and uh, we ordered these video brochures out of China. And the rest of the franchisees or the regional directors, and they took theirs. We each did about, we were doing a test campaign. We were doing about 50, around 50 of uh, these video brochures a piece. They're about 25 bucks each. And uh, the rest of them just went and handed them off to bar and restaurants with really no, I guess, rhyme or reason. Like they picked the restaurant bar they wanted it to go to, but aside from that, they didn't do anything else. I was actually in the process of still developing upticks at the time. I sat on these brochures for probably a half a year. Mm. And I'm kind of kicking myself that I sat on them because we actually decided we want to do a multi-channel campaign. We want to do LinkedIn, email, and calling all in addition to this video brochure. So the first step of the whole sequence was we literally mailed these video brochures to I think 53 or 55 locations. And then we waited about two days and we immediately had an email follow-up. So we went and got as many email addresses as we could. We went and connected with as many of the people as we could on LinkedIn. The first email basically was a follow-up on the package that we sent them. I think the subject line was actually, did you receive the package I sent? Mm-hmm. And then we went into kind of a cold email type sequence where we, uh, you know, referenced the video and then talked about, you know, the problem. And we put a ton, a ton of proof, uh, case studies, testimonials in there because bar and restaurant owners are really, it's sort of a good old boys club. Sure. And so we wanted to reference and point out as many people that we knew that they would know as we possibly could. And sometimes I'm, I try not to put too much proof and case study mm-hmm. type information and, and sort of bragging and, and whatnot. Sometimes I sort of put it in the bottom of a campaign, but this one, because I, I know the audience really well, and it, it's that who knows who audience mm-hmm. that we really wanted to, you know, highlight that experience and background. And so that first email, we got a 67% open rate nice. on, on our cold prospects. Again, we only sent it to about 50, but we booked two meetings right away from the first email and then two more from the second one here. And then we actually booked two more from uh, calling. We mixed up the video, the email, and then we hit them with a phone call two days. Let me check your email one day and then a call. So actually one day after the first email, we hit them with a call. Okay. So, so you went email, you sent direct mail, one email, phone call. Yep. Another email. Okay. Yep. Cool. Another delay, another phone call, <laughs> another yeah. delay, another phone call. And actually, sorry, another delay and then another email. I know we're kind of probably getting lost in the shuffle, but this email is step nine, actually okay. step 10, if you include the actual mailer and we just signed a client that literally repeated back our subject line. We signed him last week. Her name's Nancy. And she told my director of ops who runs that business. Mm. She said, uh, Dan, I, we're ready to stop the bleeding at our bar. And mm. that might not mean anything right now, but the subject line in step nine of this campaign was stop the bleeding. Yeah. It was a really hard hitting yeah. Really hard hitting uh, subject line in the overall campaign. And sure. it stuck with her literally for, I think, three or four months. Because mm. this campaign actually 
was launched pre-COVID about 10 days and we just signed them last week and we're in October. So, so she responded to that email from months and months ago. Yeah. You know, yeah. what's also good about that is that that phrase stop the bleeding or just having something memorable in there is yep. because she can remember that and she can easily find it just by going in and searching stop the bleeding. Yep. Whereas like people they're getting sold to left and right. There's probably a ton, you know, their inboxes are full they may just literally lose the email because of what have you. But if there's that phrase in there that they remember and they can type that in and find it, that definitely has real estate in her mind. Um, yeah. I mean, it's mind. A, it was a crazy, uh, and that one got, that one got a decent open. That one's a 56% open rate, but that's like two weeks into a campaign that we just launched. Um, sure. And some of the other ones were really cool. This was probably one of the best campaigns that I had ever launched with this business. I actually should have pulled up the recording. We have a recording from, we pulled from upticks of one of the calls Dan made mm -hmm. on this campaign. I should just pull it up, but I don't, I don't want to waste too much time. Uh, no, it's all right. I mean, how long is it? It's fine. I have to find it in my email, but I, I certainly could. It's a one minute recording. Basically he calls this person, you know, I think it was the, whatever the second or third step in the campaign. And he asked for the owner and, uh, we kind of follow the Sandler sales cold call sure. where, where we ask, I would say this is, you know, Patrick with Sculpture Hospitality. Does that name sound familiar? So mm -hmm. he said, this is Dan with Sculpture. Does that name sound familiar? She goes, no, why would it? And he's like, oh, well, actually I sent you a video brochure in the mail the other day. And she interrupted him immediately and was like, oh my God, that was the best marketing mm -hmm. I've ever seen. Whoever did that, like should get promoted. And because of that, I want to book a meeting with you guys. So that was kind of cool. That's great. Can you pull it up? I can do a little just recap yeah. this so far while you bring it up. Yeah, um, absolutely. Can, but. Yeah, for sure. So what we have here is right a short list, small list, 50 people for 50 or so people using direct mail to get attention with those video brochures. I've never seen anything like that before. That's really interesting. Definitely something memorable. Uh, then we're following up with emails, phone calls, and LinkedIn connection requests, um, using a lot of proof and testimonials inside of that follow-up, inside of the emails. And then on step nine or 10 of that sequence, stop the bleeding, using something. And everybody has language like that in their market, specific market that they can lean on. So Patrick, since you know your market so well, you kind of know how to the copy to put in these emails, but it looks like you got it up right now. So yep. hear yeah, this. I'll play it. So hopefully you can hear it uh, cool. loud and clear. So it's about one minute or so. Mm -hmm. but we'll, we'll just play it through. Hello, Merlin's Brian, how can I help you? Hey, Brian, is Tracy in this morning? Uh, she may be. May I ask you something? Yeah, my name is, is Dan Klein with Sculpture Hospitality. Um, I'm just calling on about a, a little video brochure I had sent her three weeks ago. Okay, hold on a sec. Thank you. Might be a little dead space here. No, that's all right. This was fun. So I, and just with this industry, it just never happens where you don't get compliments on your marketing and, and stuff sure. like that from barn restaurant owners. Sorry, there's an issue with the playback. What's going on here? Let me refresh my browser. Sorry. That's all right. Would you say they're like a, a non-responsive crowd or? Very, yeah. yeah. All right. How can I help you? Yeah, very. Hello, Tracy. Hi, Tracy. My name is Dan Klein with Sculpture Hospitality. Does my name or company sound familiar? Uh, tell me why I would remember. 
Sure. So uh, we we had sent a little uh, video brochure package about three weeks ago. In the oh my gosh! Seriously, <laughs> marketing tool ever. I seriously had to show everybody. Money <laughs> to do that, and I am like in love with it. And okay. because of that, I want to set up an appointment with you. Oh, awesome! Uh, That's incredible. Then he went into booking the meeting and stuff. So I don't know if we can do a screen share, but I can pull up some of the replies of the other meetings we booked and, and uh, sure. people were just blown away that we put up that kind of an effort. And you know, it's easy to send an email and stuff like that. And you can definitely obviously scale that. This is a little bit more expensive, but it leaves that kind of an impact. Sure. But when you're selling something that is five to 25K a year, it makes sense. It's worth it. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, we yeah. landed, we were at like 30 bucks per video brochure. Yeah. And if I signed just one client out of that, I was into it for about two grand, mm-hmm. the whole campaign, you know, the follow-up is basically free because it's an email and, you know, I signed one account and, and it pays for it. We signed 67 and a half thousand dollars from it. Wow. Out of 50 trials, like test runs. So Sure. Pretty good. You should have access now if you want to pop that open. Oh, some of the replies? The replies. Yeah. Let me uh, bring my, make sure I'm sharing the right screen here. I think it's always nice to hop in and see and hear, you know, stuff that's working. So for sure. And just for the podcast audience here, I'll voice some of these out. Yeah. So this is, I can't remember exactly which reply this was, Mm -hmm. but here was the first email that went out, as I mentioned, in like first email right after the send where just a quick intro. And then we just hit them with a ton of testimonials, like in our clients where like everyone in our market knows the, all these people are track record. Mm. And then uh, we got a reply in this one looks like about five hours later from, which from a bar and restaurant owner is pretty good. So Patrick, you definitely got my attention with your marketing. Um, There's something we've been talking about and, and yada, yada. So we, we uh, hit them pretty good timing and it's pretty good marketing. You know, what else about that video that I think is really good is um, just based on what you mentioned, like it's a product that once you demonstrate it, people understand it pretty yeah. quickly. It sounds like, you know, yeah, which is great. Demonstrating stuff can be highly persuasive as we're seeing here. But in that first email, just the podcast audience, it was like, hey, I sent you you get the package I sent, a quick benefit statement about the value Patrick provides, and then right into bullets of quick testimonials from you know people in the industry, in that market, and then track record on what he's been able to do with that. And, so, and typically with my normal cold outreach, I actually don't like testimonials and track record, especially this prevalent that where I put it in this email. I, normally, I'd, I'd get into probably some benefits and and whatnot after, you know, the value statement and stuff. And I'd maybe do like a PS on track record or testimonials, but with this audience, they're really impatient. They actually don't Mm. open a lot of emails. And if they do, like they're maybe skimming them. I put this in bold on purpose. I wanted that to catch their attention with quick Quick testimonials testimonials because this, and it is a good old boys club with restaurant and bar owners a lot of times. So I wanted our clients' words to speak louder than really our words. Sure. That was very much intentional. And I'm not necessarily following a a typical cold outreach on this one. 
Sure. Well, you know your market and you're adjusting accordingly and it's working. So yeah, that's great. This is actually second email. So we would have sent the package. We sent an email. We delayed a day. We made a phone call, didn't get a hold of them. And then we sent actually another email. And similar to the other one, I didn't follow a normal cold email. I, I wanted to do a quick follow-up and then go straight into proof. And then this time, instead of going into testimonials, because I've already sent them that, I wanted to go straight into benefits. Mm -hmm. And so getting credibility of a restaurant and bar owner is pretty hard because they're really, really skeptical about pretty much everything sure. because everyone's coming in and trying to sell them. So I didn't want to do any small talk. They don't have the time and they're really skeptical people. And so we just want to hit them with as much proof and then get into the benefits on this one. Gotcha. And of gotcha. course our call to action. So definitely asking um, for 30 minutes. And then we went back gotcha. and forth a couple of emails there. And then, you know, the guy said, we can meet at 11 on, on Thursday. And then uh, what was this one? Okay. We actually got a not interested on this one or I shouldn't say wasn't interested. So here's my first email, but this guy actually responded and said, he's very impressed with the marketing piece. Really cool. You know, he's going to talk to his director of ops and his markets and thought they were good, but however, I'm, I'm impressed with what I see. So I actually didn't get a meeting out of this one right away. This guy's in our nurture. This is a multi-unit location, but typically when someone's not interested, they're you, especially with restaurant and bars, they're just not replying. So the fact that he actually multi-unit restaurant and bar owner actually took the time to reply because of the effort put in to the campaign was fantastic. I see he has a comcast.net email address. How did you find these emails? I imagine the restaurant space doesn't have the, you know, exact naming conventions and yeah. organized emails. You yeah, know. you know, I, to be 100% honest, I'm, I'm not positive on how we got them. I, I'd have to ask Dan on that one. He might have, you know, went to their company website or something, sure. got it there. Or I do know he asked some networking referral partners that we okay. work with for, to try to subsidize his list because bar and restaurant owners are notoriously hard to get a hold of. So sure. a lot of their emails aren't necessarily out on the internet. And if they are, it's like an info at. Yeah. Email. So we actually did put in a decent amount of legwork to actually get the email, but this will be one that maybe eventually pays off in that legwork is definitely worth it. But we had uh, some of these other pretty cool examples here and, you know, we've got awesome. more too, but the end result of this campaign, what did that equate to in terms of like deals you were able to close and revenue in that? And, uh, all that yeah. Yet? So just under 70 grand, um, well, 67, That's incredible. Six, 67,600 on 2000 in marketing spend and a little elbow grease. That is incredible. How many locations was that or how many companies was that? Yeah. So that's, that's about five locations. Gotcha. Yeah. Of the 53 that we had enrolled. So we had about a 10% conversion on that. Nice. From prospect to close. That's awesome. Yeah. That's incredible. You mentioned that you ran this before COVID and I assume that it had no effect on anything you were doing in the yeah. bar and restaurant space. And then you, you just kept having great success. What, what happened once COVID came? So unfortunately we launched this about 10 days before COVID. Yeah. And uh, we had a pretty good meeting booking rate on the whole thing over 10% right out the gate. And then 
we got shut down completely. Sure. Minnesota shut down like most of the country, all restaurants and bars. And so everything just kind of went cold there for a while, but we actually shifted gears and uh, we ended up running this grant campaign program. And uh, basically what that was is once restaurant bars started opening them back up and Minnesota went to a 50% capacity allowed in restaurants and bars, we built this campaign essentially to get our customers to come back because we knew that some people might look at us as an expense and they want to be really tight on their expenses. We uh, made an application. People could fill out the application. We'll give them a certain amount of money based on uh, certain criteria. And we asked for part of that. We asked for one testimonial and three referrals. And then actually we launched that as well. And we've booked like another 70 grand in revenue from that. So that was That's incredible. It was about 20 referrals and we launched only about 12 of the campaign or 12 of the referrals that we got. So the grant program was you were offering a grant to these businesses that was like, Hey, we're giving away or we're offering yep. our service for free for a certain length of time. Right. Yep. We were giving away $75,000 towards free services. Okay. Actually existing customers, former customers, and then any of the referrals that were referred over to us. And we were basically just divvying that up amongst the anyone that you know brought our services back or hired us. Was it for like a few months or a specific period? How yep. did that work? Yeah. So basically what we did is over a 12-week time period, we applied their grant to their services. Okay. That's awesome. And then how did the sales come in? Did people just stayed on once they, some people, once the grant? Yeah. yeah so some people, of course brought us back. We still gave them, they were going to bring us back anyway. We still gave them the grant and uh, we used some time kind of incentivized people to bring us back sooner by giving a higher grant amount. The sooner they brought us back, the more in a grant we'd give. Okay. So we used some of those techniques that I talked about in the, maybe the friend zone campaign. Mm -hmm. So we put, you know, some shot clocks on our offer and incentivized, you know, did some price action incentives to bring us back a little bit sooner. Awesome. Very creative. I love that. That's a great way to take a unfortunate situation and uh, keep as many customers as possible. Right. Yeah. With, uh, yeah it's, creativity. With that business, you got to do everything you can because the landscape, we service pretty much just the Minneapolis St. Paul. So like we don't have thousands and thousands and thousands of leads. Like we've only got right this many leads. And so we have to maximize every relationship we possibly can. Awesome. You can check them out at upticks.io. Patrick, really enjoyed this one. I loved hearing about uh, these campaign you ran and just your approach to outreach. Very fascinating. Awesome. Thanks, right, take it easy. Get it. The best thing about Patrick's reverse sales funnel strategy is that it allows you to fully optimize your campaign before you get to your cold prospects. This way, you'll get maximum effectiveness from your outreach and avoid burning through contacts. Look, if you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe and share it with a friend. Thanks for listening.